You're tuning into Edinburgh Chi Alpha's TNL, a place for community and growing deeper in your faith. Join us each week as two people sit down to discuss difficult questions found in Scripture. This is Q&A with Jesus. So I'm going to pray into the night and then we're going to get started. So Jesus, we thank you so much for today. We thank you for another night that we get to gather together and hear the words that you've placed on our speakers' hearts. God, we thank you for the space that we're able to gather together, even though it's not what we're used to, even though it's not in person, we are still so thankful for this space and this opportunity to gather together. God, we give this night to you and just trust you with everything that you want done tonight. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. Um, wow. We are really pumped for tonight. Uh, like they said, like we've been in our Q and a with Jesus series. And as we were kind of prepping for that, we were kind of inspired of doing like these kind of, we're calling them a panel, but it's really just a few of us who are going to share our heart on some of the questions that you guys have sent in. And so the topics are going to be wide variety, you know, there might be kind of a common thread through them, but we really wanted to answer the things that were on your minds. And so, um, yeah, we're really pumped for it. And I think today, as we were just getting ready for tonight, I kept thinking about how like God isn't afraid of our questions. God isn't annoyed at our questions. I don't know if you have any like little siblings or little cousins. And you remember that phase where they had a, why, why, what is this? What are you doing? What's going on? And you're like, please stop asking me all the questions. Um, but so maybe we get annoyed in our human nature, but when it comes to God, like God welcomes our questions. He's never afraid of them. He's never irritated at them. And like, he welcomes them with open arms, which is kind of what inspired our whole semester series. And some of these just special panel stuff that we're going to do. So we got a variety of questions and, uh, Brie, Jonathan, and myself are each going to kind of tackle one of them, but also we're going to kind of comment and share some thoughts of our own on the other question that the other person is uh, kind of like really spent their time thinking about and researching and praying about. And so I'm going to go first. I'm going to read um, one of the questions that was sent in. So the first question that we're going to kind of tackle tonight is this, um, they wrote, I hear a lot of bad things about the way social media wastes our time and the bad things that like can be on there, but is it wrong to have social media? Does God, I don't know, judge me for it. Does God look down on me for it, for having social media? Um, I thought that was a really good question and like super relevant because we continue to live in a society that is centered around consuming media. Um, like that will never probably go away. And so, and I know this specific question addressed social media. So like, I'm assuming that they're talking about things like TikTok and Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, but as I just share, um, just some of the thoughts that I have for the next few minutes, I also want to make sure to include in this conversation, other media related things like YouTube or Netflix or Twitch or video games. And so Maybe you don't have like traditional social media. I know a lot of people in my life don't have those things, but I don't want you to tune out because I really at the heart of this want to address the whole scope of media related platforms. When it comes to that question, is it wrong to have those things? Is it wrong to participate in those things? Especially because when they can be a time waster or you find stuff on there that you're not really trying to look for, you know, 
And so um, I want to like kind of address all media related platforms. And so back to the question, uh, like I said, the person has heard about how media can waste their time, that there isn't always good things being created and consumed on these platforms. So then does it make it bad? Is God disappointed that we have them? And I think what I would start off right off the bat saying that like these platforms from Instagram to Twitch, to YouTube, to Netflix, like are neutral things. Um, so like, what do I mean by that? I mean, they aren't inherently good or they aren't inherently evil, but they are neutral things that can be used in our world for good or for evil, or they are neutral things that can be used to uplift us, or they could be used to tear us down, or they are things that can be used in a healthy way. And then they're also, we can use them in an unhealthy way to distract us or to numb us or to escape from something like in our lives, but they are inherently neutral, but each of us, like, I don't know, as, as I was kind of thinking about it, we each have like a choice when it comes to how we are going to let these things into our lives and like what role we are going to give them, like how much value we are going to put on these things that just being blunt, like they're just not eternal. You know what I'm saying? Like Twitch isn't eternal. Instagram isn't internal. So, um, like thinking like, what value are we going to give these things in our lives? Because no, like we're not going to find a scripture in the Bible that says like, thou shalt have no Instagram or like you can't enjoy playing video games or you can only scroll on TikTok for four and a half minutes each day. And when it reaches five minutes, like, no, that's no go. Like, we're not going to find those things in scripture, right? You know, but we're going to really find more of the heart issues when it comes to engaging with these platforms. So to kind of answer like the crux of the question, is it bad to have social media? No. But what I really want to focus like the rest of these few minutes on is talking more about like our heart motives in like the bigger heart issues when it comes to processing if we are using and interacting with these platforms in a healthy God honoring way. And so this afternoon, Bree, Jonathan, and I were kind of just chatting about this question. And as we were talking through it, um, it just got brought up about Tim Keller. He's a theologian. And he, there's something that he calls the four idols. And it kind of just came up in our conversation. And so what Timothy Keller says, there, there are four root idols that drive our behavior, that drive uh, like the motives of our heart. And they are power, their comfort, their approval, and their security. So power, comfort, approval, security. And like, those are some pretty legit, heavy things. And how I want to tie that into this conversation about like media platforms is that if we are seeking any of those things in these platforms and we're not seeking them like in Jesus, we're going to be anchored to the wrong things. We're going to be tied, like our security is going to be tied to how many Instagram followers we have, or our approval is going to be tied to, you know, how many people are viewing us on Twitch, or I'm just using an example. So if I'm hitting you through the heart, that's on me, that might be the Holy Spirit. I don't know. But if any of those things are tied into any of these media platforms, like we are going to be anchored to the wrong thing. And so like, we, if we try to get those things fulfilled in those platforms, like, I think it's just kind of like a red flag that we do not have a healthy relationship with these media platforms. And so like, we know that we can only find peace and comfort in Jesus, or we know that like 
the Bible tells us like, do not find approval in man because when Jesus died on the cross, like that was his stamp of approval. Like we live for him alone. We have one audience or we can talk about how like security, that stability can only be found in the person of Jesus. And so, um, I guess I wanted to kind of put like a little bit of like a practical part. So I feel like I'm answering this question with a lot of other questions, but I think when it comes to like kind of gauging, am I, do I have a healthy relationship with media platforms? Here are just some questions that if you want to jot them down in your phone or just write them in a notebook or just remember them, like here's just some things that I personally in my life process through when I'm unsure what my relationship is like with the media platforms that I consume. So first thing is like, what, or who are you listening to? Like who on these platforms are you looking to, to be the moral authority in your life? Like what kind of voices are you letting in? And I think that the tricky part about media platforms is everyone gets a voice here, right? Everyone has an opinion. Everyone wants to exercise their power or their influence. Like these platforms, like we're literally created so people could act as the authority in something in, in any giving in any given thing. And so um, anybody like on media platforms can rise to a position of authority. They can collect an audience. They can begin to have followers and just kind of like Jonathan and Alex actually talked about a couple of weeks ago. We know that Jesus is actually like the ultimate authority in our lives. So like there are tons of voices to listen to on media platforms that claim to be the authority in this area or that area, but we know that Jesus is like the ultimate authority in our lives. So I guess for me, like if I'm turning more to social media and looking there for answers, instead of going to God, that's a red flag for me. If I'm looking to other people's accounts for some advice, instead of going to scripture, that's a red flag for me in my life. And so I think that's how I know my heart is misaligned in having a relationship with these media platforms. But on the flip side, like you can, you can find find tons of Jesus things on social media, on the internet, on YouTube that are great and uplifting, but it will never be an authority, like a substitute for the authority of Jesus or the authority of scripture. So I guess some questions, like I said, to ask who are you listening to? Who are you looking to for authority? What voices are you letting in? And then just two more things, just to close up this question. Another thing I ask myself is like, what am I exposing my heart to? Is it encouraging? Is it uplifting? Is it bringing me life or is it actually dark? Is it, is it leading me to be tempted? Is it leading me into sin? Is it actually making me feel crappy about myself and falling into things that I don't want to fall into like comparison or gossip? Um, And it really makes me think personally, like what I'm consuming on these platforms, is this really worth spending my time and my energy on? And it makes me uh, think of Philippians 4, 8, where it says, you know, whatever things are true and honest and just and pure and lovely and are of a good report, like anything that is excellent, anything that is praiseworthy, think about these things. And so I think when it comes to media, Like we have to ask ourselves the hard questions are the things that I'm participating in, the things that I'm following, uh, the things that I'm streaming, does it line up with Philippians 4, 8 of honest, just, pure, lovely, and of a good report? And if the answer is no, like it just, it's time to do like a heart check. And I've had to do this constant in my life where I'm like, I have to unfollow this. I have to disengage in this because this is not producing the fruit of Philippians 4, 8 um, in my life. 
And so the question you can ask yourself, like, is what am I exposing my heart to good? And then the final thing, which I think this is not like a odd question to ask because it's talked about so much, but like, are these media platforms like taking away my time? And I think I've said it thousands of times. I've been surrounded by so many people who are like, I got to put a limit on this. I got to down, I got to undownload the app. Like I need accountability with this. And I'll just speak directly for myself, but like, there's a lot of times I say that where I'm like, this is a problem in my life, but I'm going to do something about it tomorrow. You know, then tomorrow I'm on TikTok for four and a half hours. I'm like, you know what? This is a problem in my life. I'll do something about it next week and nothing ever gets changed. Um, and it really makes me think that like in scripture, like there are three areas that God has designed for us to be major investments of our time, which is our relationship with him, which is relationship with others and building the kingdom. And so if stuff like is getting in the way of your relationship with the Lord, with relationship with other people and building the kingdom, um, in whatever way he's called you to build the kingdom, it's hard and it's uncomfy. And I don't even like saying it because I know I'm going to have to be compelled to action after I get off this zoom call. But like, we have to make the hard decisions to either undownload the app, limit our time, telling a friend, telling somebody in life group, you have to keep me accountable. And at the end of the day, it's just like constantly thinking about, am I aligning or my values aligned with what scripture says I should value my relationship with the Lord, a relationship with other people and building his kingdom. And just thinking about if something is taking away with that, like that should make us feel uncomfy. Um, and just to kind of close that thought up on the, uh, this week during the Monday mood, TJ wrote a really great devotional. If you did not get a chance to read it, it's still in the discord, go read it. And basically what he was talking about, and he was saying every yes, that we say to something, we are just naturally saying no to something else. And the things that we say yes to really show us in the people around us what we value. And so I was really processing that when it came to media platforms where I was like, yo, every time I'm saying yes to spending 45 hours on Instagram, I said no to Jesus. I said no to people. And I said no to building the kingdom on this campus. And so it just really was like a really good heart check for me uh, at the Monday mood, knowing that I was preparing this question for this week. And so, I don't know, those are just some of my thoughts about social media. Um, I kind of wanted to ask Bree and Jonathan a question. I feel like I talked a lot about like the negative stuff about social media, but, or media platforms. But I really wanted to hear from Bree and Jonathan really quick about how those media platforms actually have been like good fruit in their lives um, where there hasn't been like a red flag or that when you're having a healthy relationship with media platforms, like what has it done for you in your life? Yeah, I think for me, um, like I have cousins who live like in different states and different countries and like I get to keep in touch with them. And so it's like, like you were saying, like building relationships with others, like I use it for that. And like one of my best friends lives in Philadelphia. And so like we've, I met her when, when she lived there. And so like our entire relationship has been built over video calls. Um, and so I think it's just a really cool tool to use for building relationships. Sure. Yeah, I would say the same thing. Um, it helps keep me connected to my family who lives, you know, a few hours away. And uh, I was also part of a community. I even, I've even made uh, long lasting friends online that I like through other, through, through other community groups or whatever that like we still talk to this day. 
and uh, we we build relationships with each other. So, yeah. Yeah, I think social media or like different media platforms for me, like there's just times where I'm like, I just, I want to hear some encouragement and I want to pair that with what I'm reading in scripture or what's going on in my devotional. And like, it's nice to be able to pull up an encouraging account. And I actually am like reading real life stories from people or what God is doing in their life. And so like, I think for me, that's a positive way that I interact with different media platforms where I want to kind of like add something into um, maybe my devotional time or things like that. And so I think that's a way to, or at least how I process through like, okay, this is a healthy, healthy thing to be like connected to. Um, so I guess kind of just wrapping up that question, it seems like there were kind of like a lot of do's and don'ts when it comes to media platform. And, uh, I don't know, I kind of want to tie that into the next question that actually Jonathan's going to answer, um, or somebody was kind of asking about, uh, the do's and don'ts when it comes to like following Jesus. And they, they wrote, you know, people say that Christianity is not a list of do's and don'ts, but there seems to be a lot of rules. So how do we approach that as Christ followers? How should we think about that? Um, so Jonathan's going to share a little bit about what that means. Yeah. So uh, if you guys want to drop in the chat, what are some rules that like you had to follow as a kid that were like, either weird or maybe just had to do with your family was like like your dad being like no one touched the thermostat or anything like that what are some of those rules that you can think of growing up uh again i i know for me it was like weird dad rules like that like i'm the only one that can mess with this part of the house i'm the only one that can touch this remote um but i think that when we think about rules, when it comes to Christianity, what, what naturally comes to people's minds are the ideas of the, uh, the commandments. You know, I think even people that didn't grow up in church, uh, have, they know that there's this place in the Bible where there's this list of rules that say, you know, do not lie, do not steal or kill. And I think what happens is when we look at this passage, a lot of people tend to equate it with every other religion that says, okay, here's a list of right and wrongs. And they kind of, they kind of just drop it in our laps and they're like, okay, good luck with that. Like figure it out on your, <laughs> figure it out on your own. But that's where Christianity, I think stands out. You see all, all those laws, all those laws that you see in scripture, they, they are good and perfect advice from the Lord, but he knew that a list of do's and don'ts wasn't going to cut it. God knew that the minute he gave us the 10 commandments, he knew that there was going to have to be more. He knew that modifying our behavior would never get rid of the problem. And so Romans chapter 7, verses 17 through 20 puts it this way. But I need something more, for I know the law, but still can't keep it. And if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions, I obviously need help. I realize I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I don't really do it. I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyway. My decisions, such as they are, don't result in actions. Something has gone wrong deep within me and gets the better of me every time. So what the, what, what, what the Lord is showing us with, these, with this list, when we look at the commandments, what he's really trying to get us to see is that, hey, you can't follow these rules on your own. Even when you want to, there's something in you that's keeping you from, from following these rules. So there's something wrong deep inside. He's trying to show us that we need something more. 
And so we look at that and God, God acknowledges the fact that we need something more to make a difference. Uh, further on uh, in, in scripture, in Ezekiel chapter 36, it says, I'll give you a new heart, put a new spirit in you. I'll remove the stone heart from your body and replace it with the heart that's God willed, not self willed. I'll put my spirit in you and make it possible for you to do what I tell you and to live by my commands. And what we see is that every other religion in the world is about doing something to get to God. But Christianity throws that thinking right out the window. God says that everything that we do, all of our changes in behavior happened because he came to us first. So, so, so all those rules that we're expected to follow, everything that we see in the commandments, our ability to follow that comes from him actually coming to us first and changing our heart. The rules show us that we need Jesus. So he comes to us, brings us into relationship, changes our heart. And then that change in behavior is a byproduct of us already being in relationship with God. Those rules don't get us into relationship. They're a byproduct of being in relationship with God already. And so kind of to just sum up the answer to that question, Christianity, if, if, you, if you could remember one phrase from, from what I've said, Christianity is about heart transformation, not behavior modification. Every other religion that you see, every other rule set is about modifying your behavior. Christianity is about heart transformation. And so for, for you guys, Ali and, and, and Bree, when, when you began to realize that, when you began to realize, okay, that the Lord is actually wanting to do something uh, in my heart, how did that help you like follow what he had for you in, in, in your life? What was, the, what was the thought process that once you realized, okay, he's not asking me for rules, he's, he's asking to do something in my heart. How did that change your relationship with him? You want to go first? Go ahead. <laughs> um, I think when I started to maybe process it that way, it changed just like my motive for why, like I was doing what I was doing, even if I was maybe doing quote unquote, like the right thing or the biblical thing, the scriptural thing, it was just out of a posture of like, I have to follow these rules. Mm. Um, I didn't have an understanding of the concept of grace. And so I did it out of like perfection or like trying to earn God's love. And so like when there was that disconnect, that's how I was operating. And I think when I started to realize like the shift, uh, it kind of like took the pressure off, but I could really like, in the sense, do things with a pure heart for the Lord and out of my love for him and not just like out of, I don't know, a different, different vein. Yeah, I think it was really similar for me, giving like a sense of like freedom. And so I picture like, okay, I was running a race and like, it was like super muddy. I was like stuck to the ground, really weighted down. And then like, when I realized that like God was working on my heart, like through relationship, it was like, I was almost like floating. And so like running the same race, but like not being held down um, and just like able to like run so much better um because like there wasn't like the guilt associated with everything I was doing there wasn't like that shame anymore and it was all from 
like that internal source, like the internal, like the spirit in me. Um, and so, yeah, just like a lot of freedom. Yeah, I think for me, it came to the point where like, I felt like I could really love him and I could feel his love for me. Because when it was about behavior modification, when it was about the rules, it was about, oh, I don't want him to like yell at me or I don't want him to be like, I'm, you know, I'm a bad Christian or, you know, it was about shame. But then there was this release of like, wow, I could actually do this because he loves me and because I love him. And there was, so there was this actual like element of love that I think was missing for, for so, so long. And yeah, that, that was the, the biggest change for me. But yeah. Um, that was a really good question. I really, it's been cool just to hear some of like the different responses, even just for the three of us and just curious. I want to know what you all are thinking out there, but I hope you guys are processing uh, some good stuff. And I really love what Jonathan brought up about how it is about heart transformation, not behavior modification. And like, maybe we can look at people in our lives and we see people doing or acting in a certain way and knowing like the only way that like we continue to grow is when we get it in our hearts and it starts from like the inside, inside out. Um, so our last question that we're going to kind of tackle tonight, I think is one that really does have to do with heart transformation and, um, something that I think is super relevant it's always been super relevant, but I think in the last year, just because of 2020 and all the different things that we have seen for the good or for the bad, I think uh, we witness just a lot of stuff when it comes to people, when it comes to humanity, um, maybe things that surprise us or shock us, but it's just the reality. And so the last question that we have tonight uh, that somebody wrote in about, they asked, how do I deal with politically extreme family members? Like what, how do we handle that? What do we do about that? What as Christ followers, how we should think about that? And so Bree's going to kind of tackle uh, our last question. Yeah. Politics. Yay. Um, but I think the cool thing is like, God is so active in our world. Like we don't have to shy away from stuff like this. So if you can relate to this, like, put the little reactions like I think we all can and like even if not necessarily political conversations like we all have tough conversations and so um uncomfortable stuff in like family or like in conflict with friends so um let's talk about it right and I think the first thing we need to deal with is the same thing that Jonathan was just talking about like heart issues um and before we address other people and kind of maybe enter into like tension and, and weird conversations, we have to work on our own heart. Conversations born out of bitterness and offense and pride will never lead to godly results because they don't have godly roots. And we have to work through these things with Jesus primarily. Um, and then also, if you have like trusted mentors or spiritual leaders, like we have to do that heart surgery on ourselves before we can like come and have these tough conversations with people, whatever those conversations are. And so even though that's not a lot, I know that's like a lot of hard heart work, um, but it, it takes that, that work to build honesty and humility. And I don't know where that starts for you, um, but that's, that has to be first and foremost as we enter into these difficult conversations. So to build that empathy and humility and compassion, um, we have to admit first that we need, we've needed grace in the past for our blind spots too. And like 
we've all been wrong about stuff in the past. So we can't assume that, okay, well now I have it all right. Like we can't do that. That would be real ignorant. Um, and so we're not perfect and God has been patient with us. And so we can be patient with other people. And then when our own hearts are clear to the best of our understanding, when we've prayed about it, worked through those things, um, we have to see these people, maybe political extremists, fill in the blank for whoever you're thinking of. Um, we have to see them as people and not define them by what they believe in. Um, so more than your sister, your dad, your cousin, or like your grumpy uncle, they are children of God. And so we have to see them as that. And they are made in God's image. Whether or not they choose to accept that, we can honor God's image in them. And so we have to choose to do that. Um, and so for kind of like a perspective to kind of enter into this, these conversations, um, specifically for political conversations, we have to know that the government was never meant to be the hope of the world. The hope of the world was always meant to be the church uh, founded on the death and resurrection of Jesus. And it's so tempting um, to get pulled into conversations like this. And I want to I want to make it clear that being active in our world to be both peacemakers and fighters for justice is so important. Um, we, we're not going to excuse injustices. We're not here to do that. But Jesus is our hope. Jesus is our hope, not any legislation, even legislation that turns in the face of justice or turns um, in the Christian's favor. Jesus is our hope, not that legislation. Um, and because historically, we see that the good news of Jesus was actually spread more in times of Christian persecution. And so we don't pray or hope for persecution ever. We can pray against that, but we do have to accept that Christian legislation may not be the way for the gospel to go forth. And the gospel going forth is always our primary objective. Um, so again, we don't, we don't pray for this and we can celebrate when governments rule and reign in Jesus name. Um, but the thing that we have to accept going into conversations is that my idea of what it looks like for a government to rule and reign in Jesus' name is different than Allie's idea of what it looks like, is different than Jonathan's idea of what it looks like. And like there are passionate, I, this is gonna shock some people, I promise you, but there are passionate Bible-believing Christians on both sides of the aisle. Um, your political ideology does not directly correlate to the depth of your faith. <clears throat> So you can put that in the chat. I think we all need to hear that again, but your political beliefs do not directly correlate to the depth of your faith. Um, and so as we're interacting with anyone who might be politically extreme, family or not, we have to know that their political beliefs do not separate them from the church. They do not separate them from the body of Christ, um, from the family of God. And in 1 Corinthians 1.10, Paul says, I appeal to you, he's talking to us, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. And then he goes on to talk about how they were divided by which pastor they followed. And Paul condemns this in favor of being united under the death and resurrection of Jesus. And so when we read that, I think like how much more useless 
are our divisions, our political divisions that creep into the church and into our families. Like we have to be united under the death and resurrection of Christ and put that first and foremost. And so now practically, um, when you're in the middle of a dialogue with somebody who's like fanatical, whatever, or in a monologue, somebody else's passion-filled monologue, whatever it is, like, what do we do? What do we say? Um, and I don't have like specific advice here because there's no like cookie cutter conversation. Um, but I think primarily we can take some advice from James, who's Jesus' half-brother, in chapter one, verses 19 and 20 of his book. And he says, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger, for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So listen before you speak, be slow to anger, be patient with others, pursue the righteousness of God, being led by the Holy Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit. That's how we need to approach every conversation, um, but I think specifically these. And then whether this person, this person is Christian or not, um, we need to look past their words and actions a lot of the time to see their heart. And so what, like, does what they're saying demonstrate that they're scared of something? And can we speak to that fear? Can we speak truth and life into that fear? If they're judging other people, how can we walk them through all the hard work that we just went through before we had the conversation? Um, and like, what's the root issue? We always have to look at that because I'll bet nine out of 10 times we'll actually relate to that issue. Um, and that's where we can speak truth. And that's where we can find reconciliation and restored unity. And then if this person um, is a Christian, we have to keep Jesus and the gospel at the forefront. And I want to be so cautious here that we're not just like throwing scripture around to prove a political opinion. Jesus is so far beyond politics. Jesus is not the means to an end of anything. And politics are a tool in this world, but Jesus is over and above and before and after all of that. So we have to be on the same page as them that Jesus' death and resurrection is literally, literally all that matters. And then anything else, anything less than that, if Jesus is all that matters, anything less than that does not matter. Like it's not eternal. And so we fight for justice. We fight in the name of Jesus. We fight for peace, which sounds contradictory, but we can fight for peace. But nothing matters but Jesus, his death, and his resurrection. That impacts things, but that is first and foremost. And so what we're saying may sound scary because it sounds like I'm negating things that are going on in the world. But I don't have to negate the things that are going on in this world. They can still hold weight. But I think that to say that Jesus is more than that just expresses how much greater Jesus is than these things. So we're not negating anything. We're, again, we're not going to defend injustices. We're going to fight for justice. We're going to fight for peace. But Jesus is so much above those things. And so then in conversations where maybe they don't want to hear what you have to say, they're just like stuck to their opinion. You're like hitting your head against a brick wall. Um, don't lose sleep if they have a different diff different political opinion. Like ask yourself how you can model grace and truth and empathy and justice and hope without getting into the mindset that we have to convert them to anything other than Jesus. 
they do not need converted to anything other than Jesus. And so I kind of want to close up with Philippians 2, 3 through 4. Um, and Paul says, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. So that heart, heart issue. But in humility, count others more significant than yourself. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So that heart work, and then it's not all about us. So. Bree, thanks for tackling a uncomfy, but really real question. So uh, yeah, those were kind of the things we, we wanted to talk about tonight, but we don't I feel like tonight will kind of be a waste if the conversation stops here. I think it's real easy to like get off the Zoom and we're like, I'll never have to talk about this again. You know, I'm never going to be challenged with it again. And like, I don't know if we think that way, I think we'll miss a lot more that God still wants to do in our minds and in our hearts involving some of the topics that we talked about tonight. And so like, I encourage you to continue the conversation with other people on this call. I mean, don't mean like right now, but like throughout the next week, or maybe it's in your life group or you grab lunch safely with somebody. And like, I want to talk more about the things that we talked about on Thursday. And if you have questions too, like not just, you don't have to just go to your peers, but also like, if there's any of us, um, like there's student leaders, any of us on staff, like we want to all be here for you uh, as you maybe process this question. Maybe right now God is doing just some stuff in your heart and your mind, and it's actually bringing up more questions besides the initial question that we talked about. And like, that's okay. And that's a good thing. And like, we want to give you a space to continue to process those things through with somebody. So do not hesitate to approach us because like we are here for you and like we want to walk with you um with Jesus uh like through all the questions that you might have and so just kind of as we close up tonight we thought it'd be a cool idea uh Jonathan Bree and myself are each going to just say a really quick prayer uh kind of just centered around the topic that we talked about and so um we're going to do that to close and just kind of offer up all these things to Jesus as he continues just to move and to work in our lives, just in these areas. And so um, I will pray and then Jonathan and Bree, and then we will kind of wrap up the night from there. So Jesus, we love you. God, I thank you so much that you welcome questions. God, I know that no question is uh, too big for you or is too hard for you. And even if you don't always answer our questions in the way that we think or in the timing that we think they should happen or whatever it may be, God, we know that you welcome our questions uh, with open arms. And so God, just kind of praying over uh, the first thing we talked about, God, I thank you for technology. God, I thank you just for the different ways that we have to uh, connect with others and to share our life, to find joy and amusement and entertainment. God, I thank you just for the different avenues of that. But God, I just pray that um, you continue to help us um, healthfully evaluate if there is something in our life that we are placing more value on than our relationship with you or that we're putting more priority um, on than investing in people or that we're loving more than loving your mission of building the kingdom, God. So if any of those things uh, get in the way, God, I pray that we just feel just uncomfy in our spirits, God, that we have to make a change, whatever that might be, whether that is undownloading an app or 
pulling a friend into the conversation for accountability, whatever it may be, God, I pray that we feel uh, the burden of our hearts of you and of people and of your mission uh, more than any other good thing could ever be in our lives. So God, we love you uh, and we trust you. Jesus, we are so thankful that you first came to us. God, that, uh, that, that you were concerned first and foremost with transforming our heart, Lord, and that you aren't concerned uh, with a list of, of, of do's and don'ts, God, that you first and foremost want to deal with uh, the core of the issue, which is our heart issues, God, that you have the ability to see all those issues and to deal with them in only the ways that you can, God, that as we welcome you into, uh, as we welcome you into a, a, just a, a relationship, God, that you, you just want to continue to uh, work with us. You can want to continue to transform us. God, and I thank you that um, when we do do things for you, that it's not out of trying to get your attention, Lord, that you've taken the pressure off, that we don't have to fight for your attention. We don't have to fight for your love, but that when we do things to honor you, God, that it's, it's, it, it's out of uh, uh, just an expression of love for you because you loved us first. And so, Lord, I just pray, God, that as we uh, continue going into scripture this week, or as you move our hearts to do certain things and to uh, obey, obey you in certain ways this week, Lord, that we would remember that it's uh, part of a loving relationship, that you're not, that, that again, it has nothing to do with pressure or salvation, God, but that you've already come to us and that you're just asking us to, uh, to continue to be in relationship with you. So we are so thankful for that. And we ask you all this in your name. God, we just thank you for the diversity that you've given us. Each person is so uh, beautiful and so unique. Um, and God, that means that you've put different things on our hearts to care about. God, we thank you that you are God um, big enough to care about all those things. We don't have to to fight to, to figure out which one you care about the most. God, your heart is is infinite. Your love is infinite. Um, and so God, as we, we step into difficult conversations, um, Lord, I pray that you would be first and foremost, Lord, that you would, um, Lord, just do surgery on our hearts, take out anything that's not of you. Um, and God, that you would teach us how to care for people, how to love people, how to lead people as if you were the one caring for people and loving people and leading people. Um, so God, we just, we thank you again that, that you're okay with us coming to you with the hard questions, Lord, that you don't shy away from that. Um, and God, I pray that if there's anything we've said tonight, um, God, that can be used for your glory, help, help us to remember it and to, to act on it and not just in our minds, but, but God to actually grow from it. Um, and God, we know that that these aren't the ends of the conversation. So Lord, lead us to um, different ways to grow in these areas as well. Answer your name, we pray. Amen.